It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into this Monday edition of Hitting Hard with John Chuckery. Today on the show, we'll recap the awesome victory by the Falcons over the weekend against the Cleveland Browns. The Falcons are winning despite help from this one position, and the Braves showed their clutch gene over the weekend. It's all next, Hitting Hard with John Chuckery, Locked On Sports Atlanta. This is Hitting Hard with John Chuckery, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta. And it starts now. Welcome into Hitting Hard with John Chuckery here on Locked On Sports Atlanta. We are brought to you by Bet Online. We ask you to head over to youtube.com, put Locked On Sports Atlanta into your search browser. Hit that subscribe button. We're over 4,000 subscribers. We thank you so much for being a part of our growing community. We are free and available to download on all of your favorite podcast platforms, including Spotify and Aussie. Download us for free. Leave us a comment. Give us a five-star review. Now you can find us on Roku and Amazon Fire. So check us out on those platforms as well. And then follow me at JMCH316 on my Twitter page. Wow, back-to-back victories for the Atlanta Falcons. Look, the Browns came in, I think, in a, I don't want to say desperate situation to get a win, but they really needed a win on Sunday to kind of keep pace through the AFC because they're trying to hang in there until they get Deshaun Watson. Now, it doesn't mean that Deshaun Watson comes back without having played for a couple of years and all of a sudden everything gets fixed, but that's what they're counting on. That's what they gave him a quarter billion dollars for, right? Browns came in averaging over 28 points a game on offense. And I really thought going into the game, I really thought that this would get into much more of a high-scoring game. I thought it would be a little bit higher. Now, 23-20 is not awful, but I thought that this thing would be a little bit higher. But a couple of things that, that stood out. Number one is the diversity in the running game. Think about this. Patterson only played on 29% of the snaps in that game. He only had nine carries. He got 38 yards in the touchdown run for 13. So besides the 13-yard run, he was pretty much bottled up and whatever was going on didn't get a chance to play a whole lot. But Caleb Huntley took over in the second half of that game. Tyler Algier with 10 carries and 84 yards, including that big 42-yard run. The diversity of the running game. So what I love is the fact that We knew that they were going to become a more power run first type of offense, right? Because you don't have Matt Ryan to huck it all over the yard. And we'll talk about the quarterback here coming up in the next segment. But you were going to change your philosophy and your style and things like that. And you drafted Tyler Algier. Caleb Huntley was a guy that was on the practice squad last year. But the diversity in the run game. And that's what I love. Look, it's easy to say just run Patterson into the ground. But that's not reality in the NFL. And, and if you're trying to win games, you know, he when, when we say running Patterson in the ground, that's different than running Adrian Peterson or, you know, whatever, Tony Dorsett or Walter Payton into the ground. It's a lot different with a guy who's not a traditional running back. So I love the contributions that the run game gave all the way around. And if you notice, they completely took the ball out of Mariota's hands. So let's look at it like this. Very simple. Mariota throws the pick to Denzel Ward. 
They go three and out. They stop the Browns on defense, go three and out, and they come back on a touchdown drive that was 10 plays without a single pass. In fact, at one stretch there, when they got the ball back again, they would go 14 consecutive plays without throwing the football. And what did we talk about last week? The sweet spot for Mariota. Not the 33 and the 26 attempts that he had in the first couple of games. It's that 20 and then what was yesterday? 19, right? We talked about the sweet spot for where he needs to be. Because he's going to give you, unfortunately, probably a turnover or two in it. Now, a couple other things. One is, I thought the offensive line has been outstanding this year. Say what you will, the, the one weak spot is Drew Dolman, and it scares you every time that they're in shotgun for him to snap. I don't know if they'll go back to Hennessy, but Dolman, we talked about last week, among 44 qualified centers to grade in pro football focus, he's 40th. So he's at the, you know, he's not even, he's not even, you know, at or above the starters in, in the NFL. All right. But by and large, though, their offensive line is getting it done. And the fact that they went for over 200 or, or almost 100, I should say, let me let me back up, 139 yards on the ground. No, take that back. Over 200 yards. Get my stats mixed up here. Over 200 yards on the 35 carries. But most importantly, they averaged 5.8 yards per attempt. Now, I know that Williams' big run influences that. But still, Algier was over eight yards. Huntley was 5.6, and Patterson, even in his few runs, was at 4.2. And they got two rushing touchdowns out of it. So I love the way the offensive line is dictating the game. And what did we say? If you can win at the line of scrimmage and you can run the football effectively, the Falcons will be in every game they play. And they did that yesterday. Then we flip over to the defensive side of the football. And this is becoming sort of the, the narrative of this Falcons defense that I love. When you need a play late in that game, the Falcons are finding it. How about my guy Grady Jarrett with the sack late in that game yesterday? We talked about him last week and the outstanding start that he's off to. And then, of course, they get the big interception that seals it. That's two weeks in a row that a Grady sack down in distance. How we doing out there? Right. Remember what we talked about? Down in distance, you change it up and you have to make your Kobe Brissett have to drop back and huck it downfield. And guess what happened? He threw a pick. Same scenario we saw last week. Down in distance, made Gino have to huck it downfield. What do we talk about all? What's my three favorite words in NFL right now? Down and distance, changing that up. So I thought the Falcons defense really played well, and especially in the red zone. You know, they did not, Browns came in, we talked about this last week, they had the most rushing touchdowns in the NFL. You know, they didn't give up touchdowns in the red zone. I, I, this was an outstanding victory all the way around. And you saw that if you can control at the line of scrimmage, right? And look, Nick Chubb got his 118 yards. Everybody knew he'd get his yards. But what didn't happen is, Kareem Hunt didn't go off in that game. He didn't go for 70, 80 yards himself. You know, and I was worried about giving him a whole bunch of yards. He also didn't catch a whole bunch of balls. He got two passes for 19 yards. So, and, and one of them was for 11. 
So he didn't, he wasn't much of a factor in the passing game. So they did a great job of taking him away from what they wanted to do in their offense. And, and they didn't give up too many huge chunk plays in that game that can kill you, right? So a lot to like about all of this. And now the Falcons have some momentum, right? And you head down to Tampa Bay. And we'll talk about that game, obviously, as we go through the week here. But you head down to Tampa Bay to take on the Buccaneers. I don't know what they're going to do. But I know this. They've got their identity. We we know now, as, as my friend Bo Bach would say, we know what their playing personality is. We're going to line up and come right at you. And I think the big thing that you've seen, too, is, and I'll give Arthur Smith all the credit in the world for this. Let's give him credit first. One is they know when they realize that they have to take the ball out of Mariota's hands, that him throwing it 30 sometimes, while they they may have thought that that was going to be their strategy, maybe 25, 30 times, you see that number's coming down. 20 passes, 19 yesterday. And then defensively, let's give Dean Pease credit. They're finding a way and they're getting the right guys out there to get plays late in that game that are difference makers. And by the way, too, Pitts only played 62% of the, the offensive plays. So 62% for Pitts, 29% for Patterson. And this team found a way to get it done. All good, all the way around. Terrific victory for the Atlanta Falcons. Now let's talk about my friends over at betonline.net. Then we're going to talk a little bit about Marcus Mariota. Listen, betonline.net is your number one source for all of your sports wagering information, right? Now we're really into it, okay? We're basically a quarter of the way through the NFL season. We're headed toward the halfway point of college football season. So you've got a better idea, you think, in your mind about what things are, right? In the words of Stone Cold Steve Austin, so you need your help, right? You need a source. BetOnline.net is that source. Take that mobile device. It's very easy. You head to BetOnline.net today. Get all your esports, your betting, your wagering information, podcasts, news, stats, everything that you need to be smarter when it comes to sports wagering is all available at BetOnline.net. And you can get in on all of the action right there. You want golf, you want MMA, you want boxing, you want NFL, you want college, baseball, whatever. We're in the NBA preseason, right? We got all that coming up. So it's going to be a smorgasbord at the tip of your fingers to get involved. Head to betonline.net. It's where the game starts. So can we have an honest conversation here? You know, it's just us talking here, you know, talking here as friends and things like that. Can we have this little honest conversation? What's remarkable about the Atlanta Falcons right now is the fact that they are winning without any real help from their quarterback. Oh, there goes Chuck hating on Mariota again. Okay, they won a game yesterday where their quarterback went, ready? Seven for 19 for 131 yards and no touchdowns with an interception. Kyle Pitts caught that 125-yard pass Drake London caught two passes for 17 yards. Their passing game was no factor. I also saw a stat from Pro Football Focus that said that only 52 yards of their passing yards came from plays that weren't fake run plays first, right? You know, fake the run, then throw it. Only 52 yards came off of actual designed pass plays from the very start, right? And of course, look, Let's be honest, for the season, this is Mariota's numbers. You can like this, not like this. 
Again, we report, you decide on all of this, right? So Mariota for the season for the Falcons, he has, as I get to it uh, right here, Mariota is 58.2% completion percentage with three touchdowns, four interceptions. Now he is averaging 7.9 yards per attempt, which is a really good number. But what have I said multiple times on this podcast, a radio show, talk to me in person? What do I always say? The three stats that I look at for a quarterback, I want to know your completion percentage. I want to know your yards per attempt. And I want to know your touchdown to interception ratio. Okay, let's go through all three of those things. Completion percentage, 58% is, that. that's not even a good number in, in college, so that's bad. Yards per attempt, 7.9. That's a terrific number. He gets a check mark for that. Three touchdowns to four interceptions out there. Now, look, don't think that it's not a conscious effort to have reduced Mariota's pass attempts have gone down every single week. That's a trend, folks. When it's four weeks in a row, 33, 26, 20, 19. That's a trend. That's not by accident. That's not happenstance. That's not just something in the universe that explodes and it's a shooting star that it just magically happens that way. So let's give Arthur Smith some credit here that he knows he has to limit what his quarterback can do. Now, this is a separate discussion from whether or not it's time to give Ritter a shot and this, then, and the other. I'm talking about right now what your head coach's thought and philosophy and process is, is to take the ball away from Mariota. When he threw that pick to Denzel Ward, they went 14 straight running plays after that. Listen to me. After the Denzel Ward interception, 14 straight running plays. The 10-play touchdown drive, then four plays after that before he finally threw it again. This is an intentional thing to take the ball out. And the fact that they are winning, it tells you about their defenses making plays. It tells you about what their philosophy is. It tells you what their playing personality is. We want to be tough up front. We want to be a power run team. We're going to commit. I think the Falcons are either fourth or fifth in the NFL in rushing attempts this season. This is who we are. This is what our identity is. And it's taken a couple of weeks here, there, right, to, to figure this all out. It's a matter of staying consistent with the run game, letting our offensive line do what it can do. And at the same time, we're going to take the ball out of our quarterback's hands. Now, that's a tough way to win in the NFL. You know, you can do that if you have – the 85 Bears defense or the Legion of Boom defense and all those kinds of things. And if you have Marshawn Lynch, you know, running for 15, 1600 yards in your backfield, you know, teams like that can get away with, you know, if you got the Ravens defense and Jamal Lewis running, running, running wild, you can get away with Tony Banks and Trent Dilfer at quarterback. But that's hard to do in today's NFL is to not get quarterback play. And again, I'm not blaming the first two losses on Marcus Mariota, but he also, when needed, couldn't make a play to help you win those games. Could not make a play. You can call that hating or whatever. I'm going to tell you it's the facts. Sorry if the facts ain't your friend in this, in this situation, but he's not giving you a play or two to win a football game. 
You know what you do? If you can't get your quarterback to make a play or two for you, you limit what he does. You don't put him in risky situations, right? You know, you 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 don't put him in too much harm's way. And yesterday was 35 rushing attempts to 19 pass attempts. That's a pretty big disparity in an NFL, in a modern day 2022 NFL game. 35 runs to 19 passes. That should be a sign. Last week, they only threw it 20 times. You know, I don't know how many only 19 or 20 pass games. You probably have to go back to Matt's rookie year, you know, to find times when he was back-to-back games of 20 or less attempts in a game. Because that's certainly one of the cases when he was throwing it 700 times, you know, in the peak prime of his career. So I give Arthur Smith a lot of credit. Now, again, we can have the discussion about Ritter versus Mariota. Should he get a start and things like that? I mean, let's put it, let's put it this way. You know, if Ritter can just run the offense efficient, efficiently and he doesn't turn the football over, then that's an upgrade and I'll take that. And I'm all for seeing what my young guys can do. But, you know, Arthur Smith feels like for right now, their best chance to win football games, which, okay, I know everybody wants to say that this year is not based on wins or losses, but those guys are going out every Sunday with the idea of we're going to go win this football game. They may or may not win that football game because of whatever happens, but their mindset and their coaches are preparing to go out and win every week. And guess what? They're two and two right now. How many people thought they'd be two and two? I can assure you, I talked to a lot of people who thought they'd be 0 and four at this point, or maybe one and three at this point. But the fact that they're two and two and they just beat a, a playoff caliber team and they won on their home field, which they haven't done a whole lot of, they've only gotten six wins since 2019 on that field, tells you what the mindset is of this coaching staff and what they think about it. So they want to go out and win football games. And whether he's right or wrong, this is what Arthur Smith believes in. And I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt for right now about his quarterback situation. Because while, yes, I would personally like to see Ritter start, two things. One is they're watching him practice every day. And second of all, you can see over four weeks that they are taking away the need for their quarterback to have to make plays. Now, yes, it means you have to find sacks and a turnover late on defense. It means you have to be able to run for 200 yards. But if that's how you have to win, that's what they are going to do. And I like the fact that Arthur Smith is committed. It would be very easy to want to throw it more, this, that, and the other, but they are committed to what they are doing. And that's power run, play tough defense, get some turnovers, and change down in distance late in that game. So whether Mariota or Ritter is going to start over the next several weeks here, here's what I do know. Arthur Smith is trying to find a way to win where he doesn't have to have his quarterback go out there and win it for him. I want to talk about my friends over at Coffee AM. Listen, they are the best small batch coffee roaster in America. You know I love these folks that drink their coffee every single day. They are right here in the state of Georgia, in the Canton area. So what I want you to do is I want you to head to coffeeam.com backslash locked on. Check out their wide range of products. You want K-Cups? They've got that available for you. 
Maybe you like more flavored coffee. Want something a little different. Cool. They got all of that available to you. Actually, their coffee, their flavored coffees are outstanding, by the way. I'm not a big flavored coffee guy, but I've really enjoyed the ones that I've gotten a sample from coffeeam.com. You want organic? They've got all of that available to you. So everything you can want. You want teas, you want a gift set. Everything's available at coffeeam.com backslash locked on. And when you get that first order put together, when you get to checkout, use the promo code locked on, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, locked on, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, and you get 15% off that first order simply by using the promo code locked on, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. Use that at checkout, get 15% off your first order. Coffeeam.com is the best small batch coffee roaster in America and right here in the state of Georgia. You know, I don't know if there is a specific gene in somebody's DNA that makes them clutch or able to handle things, you know, better under pressure than somebody else. But can I tell you that if there is a clutch gene and there is some piece of DNA that floats inside, the trainers at the Atlanta Braves have shot that into the bloodstream of, of this team. That was a big-time performance over the weekend to sweep the Mets right out of time. Not take two out of three, not lose the series, not say, oh, shucks, oh, well. Started Friday night, swept them right out of town. Remember when a few weeks, months ago, I don't even know what it's been at this point. Remember, it's, oh, well, you know, the Braves were getting lucky against the Mets and a bleeder here and a bloop there and a blip here and a blop there and a bleep and blop and bloop and all that kind of stuff. Well, guess what? We saw the Braves flex their muscles all weekend long. They hit seven homers in that series. And I'm trying to think, let me think, who was pitching for the Mets? Um, was it Bob O'Hate? No, no, no. Oh, yeah, that's right. Jacob deGrom, Max Scherzer, and then Bassett last night. So you saw arguably the best one-two duo in Major League Baseball go at the Braves, where all they had to do was win one game, and they could pretty much guarantee themselves the division would be theirs. But the Braves had that clutch gene, and the Braves fought, slugged their way through it. They got terrific starting pitching. Jansen closed them all out, and not a worry in the world. And we've been talking a lot about this. Just this team is better and even better set up this year to make a run than even last year's team in a lot of ways. Doesn't mean that they're going to win the World Series, but from a position standpoint of getting yourself ready and the things you like, the Braves are right there. So I don't know if there is a gene that floats around in your DNA or whatever like that, but the Braves put it on display because it would have been very easy to be satisfied with taking two out of three from, you know, as good as the Mets. And again, it's not like the Mets have been an awful team. They're going to be a 100-win team. Let me repeat that. The Mets are going to be a 100-win team. It's just that, guess what? They ain't going to win the division now. All Braves got to do is just win one game against the hapless, dreadful, disgraceful, scuzzbucket, pawn scum, muck and mire Marlins. Just win one. And the division is theirs. That's their magic number to clinch. One, uno, that's it. I don't think we can underestimate. We talked about how they've had a better September. You know, now look, remember last year, they ended September heading into the, you know, playoffs, September, early part of October on that 12 and two run, right? Where they went, you know, won 12 of their last 14 
and got red hot. But this team is consistently going out and winning all the time. And I thought that that was an unbelievable way to get this thing is the Mets come to your place. You have to not win two out of three, not hope for the best. You want to win the division, you sweep them. And you saw that the Braves thought that we got to win this division, right? We don't want to play in that first round. We don't want to line up against the Padres in a short series. And they've got Darvish and Musgrove and Snell. And they've got an offense with Machado and Will Myers and all those guys that can whack it all around. Even without Tatis, they've got a really nice lineup, right? We're not going to monkey around and just be content to get in the playoffs. We're going to take it right to them. DeGrom, Scherzer, no big deal. That's multiple times now. That's back-to-back times that they've faced DeGrom, that they've hit him around and beat him. And can I tell you, it is satisfying that they did that to the Mets this weekend. You know, more than if it was the Marlins fighting for the division or the Nationals fighting for the division or the Phillies. The fact that it's the effing Mets, right? We sing a song on my radio show. It goes like this. F the Mets, F the Mets, step right up and F the Mets. Sweep them right out of here. Couldn't happen to a better bunch. Yeah, guess what? I saw somebody the other day say, oh, oh, why are the Mets? The Mets aren't likable because they're the Mets. As soon as you put that M-E-T-S across the front of your jersey, I don't care if you are Gandhi and you do humanitarian drops in foreign countries and you hand feed people that can't feed themselves and bring them clean water and you wash every baby's butt in some foreign land, as soon as you put on M-E-T-S across the front, you're not a good guy anymore. How do you like that? So I was glad to see the Braves do it. And the fact that they had that killer instinct, that clutch gene, that killer instinct to go out there and take it right, right to the New York Mets, excuse me, and stick it right to them. It says a lot about the resiliency of this club, and it says a lot about if anybody thought that they were just going to be comfortable headed to the playoffs or, gosh, I don't know if we can repeat or this, that, and the other. This weekend taught me a lot about the Braves. I don't care if it is DeGrom and Scherzer because they set their rotation up to make sure that those guys, you know, that those guys were lined up to go, right? Didn't matter. They went out there and beat both of those guys and took care of business and hit seven homers. They whacked around DeGrom, whacked around Scherzer, and took it to Bassett last night. So let's give the Braves some credit that they weren't satisfied with just sitting back and taking the playoffs and knowing that, oh, we got to sweep the Mets and we got to beat DeGrom and Scherzer. No problem. That's what I love about this team, whether that's because of the young guys Whatever the reason is, whether it's just, you know, they're not complacent, whatever it is, their manager makes them not, whatever it is, I don't care what the reasons are, right? I don't care how the watch was made. Just tell me what time it is. And the Braves went out there and took it to the Mets and swept them out and and dispatched of them. And now here they come to win the division. Just got to win one game. And the big benefit now is that 
they can the Braves can kind of set up their rotation if they want. Just find a way to win a game, not get anybody hurt, nothing cute. You don't have to be full tilt boogie in this series. Just win a game. I don't care if they lose two out of three. And you know what the Braves will probably do? They'll probably say, screw all that noise. You know what we're going to do? We're going to go out and sweep the Marlins and not even mess around with it. I love this killer instinct, and I love the fact of what they did to those flea bags over the weekend. All right, we thank you so much for making Hitting Hard with John Trucker your first listen every day. Make A to Z with Mark Zinno your second listen every day. Mark is back talking all things Atlanta sports. He is free and available on our YouTube page. If you head to Locked on Sports Atlanta, hit the subscribe button when you get there. Leave us a comment. Over 4,000 folks now. Greatly appreciate them. Also, we're free and available to download on all of your favorite podcast platforms, including Spotify and Odyssey. Leave us a five-star review. Download us for free today. Amazon Fire and Roku, you can check us out on all of those platforms. So make sure you check us out there as well. And of course, hit me up on my personal Twitter page at JMCH316. Back with you tomorrow, getting hard with John Chuckery, Locked on Sports Atlanta. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.